you, my good fella. What day is today? Today? Well, it's Christmas Day, of course. One half of Two Boys in a Balcony proudly presents... Come in and know me better, man! A special Yuletide podcast production. I am your host, Sean Sullivan. A shower cook! 25 Days of a Christmas Carol. God bless us. God bless us. In the 1987 film Lethal Weapon, directed by Richard Donner and written by Shane Black, there's a pivotal scene where Mel Gibson's character Martin Riggs sits alone in his trailer, loading and polishing a handgun. Still grieving the death of his wife, Riggs polishes and loads his gun while the sounds of a television Christmas special play in the background. He then very dramatically presses the gun into his forehead and ultimately into his mouth until a clip from the TV is shown where Bugs Bunny bursts into the offices of Yosemite Sam as Ebenezer Scrooge and starts throwing up Christmas all over the place. Riggs pulls the gun out of his mouth and once again staves off suicide for another day. Hi, it's day 19 of the 25 Days of a Christmas Carol, and today we're looking at that very same life-saving Looney Tunes short. To discuss with me is comedian Eric Taylor. Eric's one of my good buds, and his work with sober houses, recovery centers, and raising money for people dealing with addiction has been some of the best stuff I've been privileged to partake in in my comedy career. It's a fun time. It's a fun chat. It's Bugs Bunny's Christmas Tales on the other side of the bells. So he's seen all nine movies? Yes. he. My son has seen all nine Star Wars movies. And how many have you seen so far? Um... All of my friends wanted to go to see The Phantom Menace when it came out. But I didn't want to be left out. So I yeah. went to the movie theater near my house with them. Friday night, it was a big event. I had never seen a Star Wars movie leading into that. Didn't know what the hell was going on. Thought it sucked. Fell asleep in the movie. And that's the extent of my my Star Wars viewing experience. It just never spoke to me. Like, I don't. Any sort of science fiction, honestly, reading or movies like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, yeah. Star Wars, I just could never, it just doesn't translate to me. So, so you went, so I'm, I'm trying to think, when I saw Phantom Menace, wouldn't that come out, 1999 maybe, something like that? May 99, so what's that? That would be when I was in what, fifth grade? <laughs> And that's that's prime time, and you're going in there and just like, I would rather have an LBJ biography to read right now. Yeah, very. So, anybody that I've ever been uh, romantically involved with, like, is fascinated by this. That, like, even reading, I only really enjoy reading real things. Yeah, like ever from like from like third grade on, just like autobiographies, biographies, history books. Like if it's not real, it's not for me. Now what? Now what monster introduced Star Wars to your son without your knowledge? Um, well, I, <laughs> I don't like to call him a monster because I like to be in a peaceful place. I, I call him. <laughs> I, I call him my wife's new husband. Sure. <laughs> he's a you know he's a he's a he doesn't look like he is, but I guess when it comes down to brass taxes, he's a video game. Sci-fi dork, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that what's so funny is that those are some of the highest-grossing films of all time. Like they've been enjoyed by billions of people. Yeah. And you still go, no, nah, it's for nerds. That's. Yeah, I just don't like. So this guy, you know, he, he's he's a nice guy. He he's very passive, very quiet. We get along fine. Um, you know, he likes me. I like people who like me. Whatever. But he presents as like a very like kind of like jock, almost like tough guy type of, you know what I mean? He has tattoos, a little taller, very into basketball or whatever. Like when I found out, it's like, okay, fine. Some of those people are into video games, but he's a big star Wars guy. So he introduced Caleb to it and Caleb just like super took to it, which was like fine. Like, I think it's nice that, yeah, he's the right age. They have that kind of like that's their bond or whatever. But sure. it's um, you know, it's also like he has definitely 
my son and I are so close. He's like, he definitely wants to share that with me. And I've almost, for the last year, I've been like, hey, that, everybody has different interests. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I've kind of been pushing it like, hey, that's that's something that, that you and Brendan get to like have. That's nice. It's nice. You're pulling out your Ken Burns box set of the Civil War. Yeah. Like, this is also a kind of war. Like, that's nice. No? We have, I mean, we have sports. Um, he's like obsessed with football, other sports he doesn't really care about or interested in. Um, he does enjoy things like, like, uh, we've been to a bunch of space museums. He loves like, um, like NASA and like that type of like the space program loves that stuff. So like, that's great. It's not like it's, he's not like, he's like, he's not well-rounded, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's a short walk from, from interest in space to star Wars. You know, you know that takes place in space, there, right, Eric? <laughs> I know. Okay, it's I'm just not, checking. It's not real. Like even last night. So last night, I'm trying to like, because a lot of times, when, I'll be honest. Like when we have like a family like movie night, when we're like, I'm excited about a like, you know a movie that we picked. He's excited. We make snacks, whatever. I'm blocked in for that. There's times where like if I'm preoccupied trying to you know do something, and I'm on the couch with him. And he's watching some bullshit that I don't care about. Yeah, I'll be on my phone. Yeah, of course. And there's times where he's like, "No phones." It makes me feel bad, but I'm also like looking at what he's watching, and I'm like, "No, I'm gonna be yeah. on my phone. I don't." Yeah, want this is not this is not for you. My wife has yeah. not stayed awake through a movie my kids have put on in probably like three years. Like she just she's immediately she's just like, oh, "I'm good. I'm gone." Did you She'll see that right uh, on Netflix? The one that's like Kringle or Claws or oh uh uh so yes uh Claws the yeah. cartoon yeah yeah that's supposed to be pretty good but he loved it and yeah. like, brutal dude oh no good it was not for me yeah and he's like you know so I'm like all right he's been bugging me for the Star Wars things forever and I bought myself some time like listen after Christmas this is Christmas movie season okay it's yeah. We'll watch every Christmas movie conceivable. After Christmas, we can start Star Wars. Thinking that, like, I have time off from work. We got vacation. You could knock out two movies in a day probably some days. And I just, I, like, last night, I'm trying to plan this whole little, like, schedule so I can be like, all right, here's what, here's when we're going to watch it. We can kind of, like, make an event out of each one. And I was looking at the run times of these fuckers. Yeah, they're long, dude. Oh, my God, dude. Every single one's, like, 220. Yeah. Two hours and 20 minutes. It's, like... And I was reading like the even like the descriptions of the movie of each movie exhausts me. It's like just the, the character names and, the, and I'm like this is so unnecessary. It's just, <laughs> it's just I, I don't even I can't even like the the sent, like the the paragraph describing the movie gives me a headache. This I, is so I, fascinating to me because you grew up a, a Jehovah's Witness. Yes. Which is like complete devout faith in a supernatural story of a magic man with magic powers. <laughs> but it's in layman's I mean, like, But it's in layman's terms, though. Oh sure, you know sure. I mean? Like you read the Bible, you read the stories, and it's like it's all it's all very easy to digest. Whether it's a hundred percent accurate or not, that that's for another conversation. But like. <laughs> That it's all very easily like digestible. I read the Star Wars paragraph and it's like, it's. I'm like these aren't even words. Like it's just, ah man, it's so heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the thing that you are getting into, I think you need to go into. Boy, oh boy, I really wish you would skip the first three, the the prequel trilogy that came out when we were. Yeah, that's the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and the. So another thing is he wants to watch them in. So it is interesting though that like movies, no matter what, like the good movies are the good movies, the bad movies are the bad movies. Like because when he like talks about his favorite ones, you know how kids usually when they see old movies, just like the way the film looks and stuff, they're kind of just, yeah, they're just like uh, you turned off to it. No, even still though, when he talks about his favorite ones, he's like, oh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and those are those are great. I think you could I think you could get enjoyment out of those because it's it's Harrison Ford is there. 
It's, yeah, it's people so that he you're wants to watch one through nine. He thinks it makes the most sense to watch one through nine, not four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Which who gives a fuck? I don't care. I'm just I'm actually <laughs> fascinated. I'm fascinated by like if I give my full undivided attention, no phones, lights off, the whole deal. I am fascinated to see if I can make sense of the story. I think yeah, I'm capable of it because like. I, so you have been on in the background in my life before friends houses or my I had yeah. brothers that kind of liked it whatever and i would just like I, I would always watch like five ten minutes and just be like what the fuck is this but like he totally gets it like yeah we were walking up my watch used to walking down the entire up way up the entire way down he's telling me like every last minute detail of this bullshit story and i'm just like how do you even get like it doesn't it yeah. never fully sunk into my mind because it was so boring to me. So the first three, those those ones from the 70s, that story yeah. is relatively simple, uh, especially that first one. If you can get into A New Hope is the episode four, the very first one. The story in there, it's not very complicated. It's weird. There's like weird gobbledygook and shit like that and made up nonsense and, and you know, fucking space magic. Mm. But the story's pretty clean and simple. And then they build on it and then that when you get back to those, the Phantom Menace and it gets into like trade negotiations and and sanctions and intergalactic congresses yeah, and shit like that. Politics. Get that shit out of here. A lot of politics is weird. No, dude, I want to see space wizards shoot each other with guns. That's all I want to see when I watch a Star yeah. Wars movie. I don't even want to. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, they it, they're just they're my kids. We watched the first three. We watched the one with BB-8, and then we went and saw, I think, The Last Jedi in theaters when they were like five. And they were like, that was fine. They didn't quite get that one, but they don't give a shit about Star Wars, and I'm not pushing it on them at all. Yeah, I, um, man, I'm looking forward to it. Ironically, growing up, watched Spaceballs about 18 times. Well, you know what? Spaceballs is going to make a whole lot more sense after you yeah, subject yourself. I bet. I love that movie. Though. I loved those goofy comedies. Like, do you remember? Uh, I mean, did you see that movie? Spaceballs. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, yes, I've seen. I have seen Spaceballs. Spaceballs, so good, dude. So good when he's like uh, combing the desert, sir. Have you found anything yet? Man, we ain't found shit. Oh, <laughs> you got. <laughs> <laughs> you got a key part of that joke there, Eric. Oh my god! It's the guy oh with the afro pick. It's you just you, yeah. As they're sitting there with giant combs, it's so stupid. I did that this uh, this October. I watched. I got into the uh, like the old Universal monster movies. I'd never watched any of those Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and stuff. And then after I watched those, I went and watched Young Frankenstein, and it was a whole new world. I was like, holy shit, this is so detailed. Yeah, so much attention to this. I mean, I I also don't know that like as an adult, if I would find Spaceballs as funny anymore. You have like a more refined comedy palette. Yeah, some of that stuff is a little tedious. I've I've been revisiting yeah. stuff like uh, the Naked Gun. I tried to watch that in quarantine and fuck that, that noise. That type of shit just is not. You know what movie was like? You know, how, I mean, there's obviously cult classics, no matter whether you're in you grow up in a weird religion or not. But I I always feel like growing up in like a conservative religion like there was always the cult classics were always like wholesome comedies that are like are supposedly funny but also like not super perverse or anything like that and like what's an example princess bride and when i tell you every family that i grew up with loved the shit out of princess bride i'm not exaggerating and i i've why i've been subject to that movie at sleepovers or at like family get-togethers and stuff more fucking times throughout my life what a pile of shit that is yeah that's that's a movie i have never made it all the way through oh. i don't i don't particularly i don't have any affection for it i never watched it as a kid that's the thing oh. is you gotta watch these movies as a kid that's why caleb is taking a star wars because he's the perfect age well then they get nostalgic too i mean like i i watched the home alone probably 470 times as a kid right it's, it's like a it means, I mean, it's a good, it's a good movie and it's funny, but like somewhere in there in your subconscious, it means more than just that. It's like, yeah, no, it's, it's, you're remembering good times from childhood. Yeah, exactly. 
But uh, like, now, were you? So I'm trying to. I get all my uh, weird conservative Christian religions confused. Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't do birthdays. They don't do Christmas. They don't do any holidays besides like an- anniversaries. Um, oh, like a like a wedding anniversary, you can yeah, celebrate you can that. Do that. Um, and then the there's a memorial for Christ's death, similar to like a Passover. Okay. Because in the Bible, he at the Last Supper, he says, "Keep doing this in remembrance of me." That's very similar to Passover. Yeah. So. Um, so for Christmas, so growing up, when, what, uh, what age would you have stopped? Uh, or did your family stay, you know, devout Jehovah's Witness? I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how you saw Home Alone. Home Alone. So Home Alone, it's not like we wouldn't watch. I mean. So you just I didn't do, you didn't do presents, but you still like, the, you weren't like. No Christmas, no Halloween. Like you still no, we didn't have all, and all that no stuff. holidays or anything like that. No, we had oh, no nothing. Halloween. Um, Home Alone because like I had so we had plenty of family. I mean, the only people who were Jehovah's Witnesses in my family were like me. You know, me and my two older brothers were raised that way. My mom, my dad, when I was very very young, kind of went along to get along, and then finally was like, "This is bullshit. I'm not. I'm, I'm out." And then my aunt, so I had an aunt. Um, but you know, the majority of like my other, like my grandparents, cousins, stuff like that, they weren't Jehovah's Witness. So it's like go over to my grandparents' house, Home Alone. It's just, it's just a fucking smash hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're going, um, you're going to school, and you're not going yeah, to like. Uh... Not. Now we weren't really allowed to hang out with kids that weren't Jehovah's Witnesses, but like, still, like, I mean, Home Alone is like it's not. We could watch movies where Christmas occurred in it. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but yeah, like I, uh, I was probably out of the religion when I was 18, 19, something like that. Okay. 19. So I never really, other than like, if I was dating a girl, I'd get her a Christmas present. Cause I'm not insane. I mean, I know right. I have to do that, but I never celebrated Christmas because Simply because, like, there's no traditions. Like, I, I, was, I wasn't used to it, so who cares? Um, my first time ever really, like, celebrating, like, when my ex-wife was pregnant with my son, she was on a work trip in December. She came home, and I was like, man, it would be nice if she came home to, like, a Christmas tree. So that was, like, right before, like, two months before he was born, I set up a Christmas tree, whatever. She loved it. And then, like, as far as, like, Christmas tradition and stuff, it really only began when he was born. So, like, and that's why, I mean, I love Christmas so much because, like, in Christmas years, I'm only, like, eight or nine years old. Yeah, that's interesting because we, you and I, um, in our friend group, we're the only dads. And we'll often, in you know, in a group chat or something like that, compare dad notes on Christmas shit to do. Yeah. And uh, even this year, I think we we may have done it because we just went to the lights at Foxborough and they sucked dick. And then, yeah, uh, yeah they did. Um, that they did. <laughs> they were. We were so disappointed for the price that I paid. That we and the kids were just like, "That was it." And I was like, "I yeah, I don't yeah. know what to tell you guys." So I always went. I was just talking with somebody about this. Um, I always did the Heritage Gardens and sandwich. That was like yes. a big Christmas thing that we would do. It was fun, um, but it's limited capacity. I mean, it's it's a it's probably similar capacity to what it is in Latin past years because it is outside. However, there's not shit to do this year, so everybody's looking for like something to do. So that's sold yeah. out like that. Yeah. So we have my wife has been been comparing notes with like you know the people she works with and you know parents of kids in her class and her friends and stuff. We went to last Friday. Uh, so the Heritage Gardens, people have said, because they've capped the capacity, it's been pretty good. We went last Friday. We went to Sturbridge Village out in uh, Sturbridge, Mass., which is just an absolute dreadful nightmare for me. I hate those places. I hate Plymouth Plantation, Sturbridge Village, any place where people are pretending to be old and time shit. I hope it burns to the ground and they don't get to collect insurance. I hate it. But 
it was her birthday last week. So I said, we should go to this thing. And we got tickets and we went last Friday and we went in and we were 45 minutes and we were out because we couldn't find a spot where people weren't like right on our ass. Really? We were standing for 45 minutes and out. Dude, it was an hour drive there. Uh, it was like 70 bucks for the tickets. And I, I'm not a complainer. I'm just like a, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'll never come back here. But this one, I was like, we're on the way out. I go, I'm going to go duck in because I'm furious right now. And I went in and I, and I, and I pulled a goddamn 2020 Karen and I asked for a manager and then they gave me six passes to come back in the spring. And I was like, I don't want to. So, so what was the issue? There's too many people, just too many people. And then, so because it's so boring, the big attractions are there's these giant fucking enormous horses that are pulling this, you know, this carriage that you can get in and it's six rows and there's only three rows open and everything looked fine. And, but the line was like, it was just a mass of people. Nobody was spaced out when we were waiting in line to get in. They have the X's on the floor and there was a kid kept hitting my leg and I was in the back of my family and I had to turn around and like make eye contact with the dad. And then as I'm looking at him to say to my wife, like, why don't you guys go ahead to the next X? And then I had to like hold them there so that I don't have this fucking stranger on my fucking hmm. right up my ass. Yeah. Uh, it's just everything. It's just a lack of awareness. Um, Emma Delaney posted a picture the other day of him and his girlfriend at the Bradley estate in Canton. Like when yes. or something, which I've always wanted to go to. So I looked at that. I had never heard of that before. I looked at that shorter than shit, dude. Every day. There's like a couple of time slots a week after Christmas that aren't sold out. And I'm kind of like a week after Christmas, it's kind of over at that point. Right. It's not, it's, uh, you know, which sucks. Um, so yeah, the other thing we do, the other thing we usually go to is we'll go to La Salette. Um, in Attleboro. Yeah. On like a, we'll go on a school night cause we'll think that's the slow night. Yeah. And that place in even non COVID pandemic times is an absolute zoo. Shit show. So we're not even we're not even gonna roll the dice on that one. There's like a La Salette Junior, like a mile away from my house, called the Fatima Shrine in Medway, Holliston Line. Called oh, the what? Fatima Shrine. The, the Fat Emma Shrine. <laughs> the Fatima, like F A T I M A. I don't know what that word is. But <laughs> the Fatima Shrine. She, she's like a big Christian Buddha. Um, yeah, I was like, oh Jesus. All right. Well, yeah. uh, they're not doing it this year. Her- so interesting. Heritage Gardens last year, I uh, I wouldn't. I, it wasn't. Didn't rise to the point where I would have said something, but it just wasn't as good as previous years. So when they emailed me, like, "How was your time?" I was like, "Well, funny you should ask. It kind of sucked compared to previous years. Like, it wasn't nearly as expansive. There weren't. There was no Christmas music." around there weren't really cow it was just like it was a different experience yeah and, uh it's funny like at least Sturbridge village they gave you the obligatory six passes for something that you probably don't want to go back to right the heritage garden was just like well i'm sorry you feel that way i will hope to do better in the future <laughs> i was like thanks well, thanks for your feedback they i told me I, I'm like, they- like, I almost respect the like absolute middle finger aspect of that <laughs> So I went up to the ticket booth and I said, is there a manager I can talk to? I'm not really comfortable with the way everything is laid out and my family were going to leave. And I wasn't trying to, I wasn't, I didn't raise my voice. I stayed, tried to stay calm and stuff. Um, And then they were like, you know, you know, we can't really police. We have, you know, 45 acres and we can't really be going around policing everything. And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, well, that, that's literally what you guys, that's why we're here. Like you guys work here. And then the manager, she goes, she goes, you know, we're working still on getting our staffing up to level. And I was like, well, then you just said to me out loud, we shouldn't have opened because we don't have the right staff. They had like a hot chocolate line. It was like a, you, know, you could get hot chocolate and maybe like cider donuts or something like that. And it was like, it was, it was like, uh, when the plane touches down and everybody stands up, like it was, everybody just crowded together in this corral. That's like looping around. Everybody's just fucking they all had masks on. I'll give them that, but I don't know. So, I mean, that's the other thing too. Like heritage, like 
it wouldn't have been sold out if I pulled the trigger earlier, but I was thinking about all the things that's made it cool in past years. And like, what's cool is that like, so part, it's like these really impressive grounds and gardens and stuff like that. But like you go inside to like a car museum part of it and Santa's in one of like the cool old car, like, like a model T or something. And you take it. Right. Or you make your way to the back of the property and they got that, that uh, great carousel that's inside. Yeah, they have a carousel inside, but then they all yes, uh, or they also have like they have this whole area where like you roast marshmallows outside. They have this yep. area where like they have hot cocoa, and it's like well, none of that's really probably going to be able to happen. So what are we doing here then? I so I I mean it sounds I have from the stories I've heard I have more faith in them that they would shut that stuff down. But based on my experience at Sturbridge Village, where they had bonfires yeah but my thing is like okay i understand them shutting it down but if they shut it down why am i driving the sandwich yeah it's not that fun like it's just not that fun it's pretty you, yeah you do that pretty quick especially as the kids get older like that's the other thing i realized too like i realized it last year that's kind of partly my fault is that like i'm like yeah you know two years ago you should take us a little bit longer to get through this there was a little bit more wonderment as they get older, it's kind of like you can whip right through that fucking thing, and you're like, "All right, well, now I'm, you know, hour and a half away from home." You know, yeah, it's um, it's it's been uh, it's been I will say it's a been a boring Christmas, and I don't even I sometimes like they go to the Enchanted Village at Jordan's Furniture in Avon every year, and uh, they usually go in the early afternoon when I'm still at work, which is fine because it's fucking. If I don't have to do something boring, I'm totally fine with missing out on it. Yeah, they'll go to that, and even that, they they shut that down. There's just nothing to do. So we've been uh, we've been more lenient with you know watching movies and stuff like that a little bit than we would have been in the past. Any uh, any favorite uh, Christmas films over in the Taylor household? You and little buddy watching uh, the Star Wars holiday special. So. Home Alone, obviously, we love. Um, Home Alone 2, love. No, can I ask you? This is controversial in my house. Does Caleb like Home Alone or Home Alone 2 better? He goes back and forth all the time. It's not even – it shouldn't even be a debate. I don't, by far the, the best. I don't – Second one's fine. One fine. Whatever, fine. We'll watch it. I don't care. We'll watch it. But like – the, so the first Home Alone is a standalone, like genuinely quality movie, and you're not grading on any scale. It is a good movie, well done movie. It's a good movie. Yep. Home Alone Two is like, it's like a fine sequel, and it's Christmassy, and it it's it's fine because of Home Alone One, like. It's too slapstick. Yeah. They're playing the hits in Home Alone 2, which I don't like. Oh, we're boy. getting the same fucking beats. And uh, I think I think that movie came out at a time where I started to realize that like product placement was a thing. Because that fucking I had that talk boy that he has, the little yeah. tape recorder that was like, I need to have this. And then oh, I got it and I was like, I don't what the hell am I gonna do with this? Yeah, it was a hot Christmas toy. Um yeah, it's too slapstick. Like it's with the, uh, I mean, what killed it? One of the scenes that killed it for me is like when Marv, when he gets electrocuted and you see a skull. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, so you're not even trying to be. I mean, you're not even trying to be realistic. Yeah, no, it's I like it. It's, I mean, it's, it's, um, watch it, but like it's it's not the first one is like an actual good movie. Yeah, Home Alone is uh, those are ones that will the the kids will watch those like the day on Christmas Eve they'll put those on while we're like tidying up the house. Yeah, and I'll just hear cackles, just cackles. Yeah, and I thought he was my son was gonna have a heart attack when he was watching Home Alone two last year. He was like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen," and I was like, "Well, that's not that's not even close to true." But um, uh, I just got him this shirt that uh, it's a red long sleeve shirt. And it has like a drawing. It looks. It's a very whoever did the uh, the art for it is very very talented. It's a picture of Harry's face with the flame coming out of his head. Oh, nice! It's pretty sick. Um, 
Other movies, so you know what movie that, like, it's definitely young, but it's, like, been the movie that we've always watched since he was, like, a little, 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 little kid is uh, Curious George Christmas. Curious well, George Christmas. Yeah, and they have so many good songs in that. Like, very, it's it's a very fun. I'm trying watch. to think if I, re- oh. I'm sure. Yes. He yeah, he's, <laughs> God damn it, we're two fucking adult men about to discuss a Curious George Christmas. It's good. It's, like, it's, it's good. Not, He's curious. George is on the hunt for the perfect gift for the man in the yellow hat. Yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to, the guy drew a picture or something. He's trying to, they're trying to, Oh, the monkey drew a picture of what he wants. And everybody's trying to decide. He's like, I don't know my monkey. Oh, Uh, that's right. Curious. George draws him the Christmas list. Yes. And there's so many good, there's so many good, uh, songs in it. And then at the very end, it's like Christmas Eve. And, uh, yeah, he tries to like go to the store. He finally sees it in the window what the monkey wanted, and the guy says we're closed. And in the weirdest voice ever, this guy who's next to the man in the yellow hat says to the owner, "He goes, it's not a seven yet." <laughs> it's like oh. the the owner's like, oh, 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 fuck me. I guess my clock is off. And he lets him in. <laughs> um, it's such a ridiculous, like, shit movie. Yeah. Uh, another one, I'm not sure if your kids have seen it. It's a little fresh. And it's, like, kind of low budget. But it's, like, a Netflix movie with Kurt Russell as Santa, Christmas Chronicles. Okay, I got to watch Christmas Chronicles this week for uh, Two Boys on a Balcony. Okay, so Christmas Chronicles, the first one. It's a little outrageous and like there's like some needlessly aggressive language in it for like no it's like what it's a kid's christmas movie like what, what's the point yeah um there uh the kids that is one that uh this weekend they've already made plans that we're gonna we're gonna get through they want to get through both and i don't think i have so a stomach chronicles for it. one it's like it's enjoy it's it is enjoyable christmas chronicles two um you could eat shit and die i mean it's bad <laughs> Yeah, uh, dude. As long as it's not uh, the two Elf on a Shelf movies that are on Netflix, that they've that's been my kids. The last like week has been yeah. They just those if they have if they have the chance they put on one of those. And then my daughter walks around the house singing this like it's almost like a church dirge. It's like this like minor key like very sad song that it's some Arctic fox sings at the sun or something. I have no idea what's going on. I did finally watch the Santa Claus this year. Eh, take it or leave it. Yeah, that movie suffers from the fact that Tim Allen sucks. Yeah, take it or leave it. Um, one movie that is probably the worst movie, might, might be the worst movie I've ever seen, is uh, is Jingle All the Way. I watched that last weekend. Yeah, I haven't seen that since. Uh, that was uh, my younger brother is nine years younger than me, and I watched that with him. And I remember bad. liking it enough. Yeah, no, it's not a good movie. It's bad, and like also, man, no matter how many times you've heard how ridiculous that motherfucker's voice is, when you hear it again for the first time in a while, you're just like, how is this guy on camera? His voice sucks. Oh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's career is inexplicable. Like, it makes sense that he's Conan the Barbarian. It makes sense that he's in Predator and Commando. Well, like Kim like, and twins. Although I do love twins. It just, but it, it, that he was able to transition, and we were, everybody was just like, "All right, yeah, yeah." I, I we'll laugh at him. Twins is a funny movie. I don't think I've ever seen Twins, though. I, I love Danny DeVito, so that's uh, that's been on my uh, list to watch for a long time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's a ridiculous movie. <laughs> uh, Danny DeVito is so funny. There's a scene in the movie where the doctor describes to them how it happened, and he's just like, like he describes how the whole like, you your mom was only supposed to have one kid, <laughs> and like, so he got all the good, and then there's a little left over, and then like you came out, it was like, oh, so they're they're actual yeah. biological twins in that film. Yes. Oh, I always assumed the it doctor, was. The doctor put it in like. For the movie, it's obviously bullshit, but like in the movie, the doctor put it in like medical terms why Arnold Schwarzenegger is an Adonis and why he's just a hunk of shit. 
it's ridiculous. All right, so let me let me ask you this, and let we'll we'll try to get uh, steer into today's uh, film for the twenty five days. What uh, what about a Christmas Carol? Have you done any of those with uh, your son? I don't that's, a story, that's a story that's uh, I I I mean I grew up with like Mickey Mouse's Christmas Carol and Muppet Christmas Carol and stuff like that, but as I've gotten older, I've come to really like love and appreciate the the real you know, George C. Scott versions and stuff like that. So you don't, any, any, any affection for this uh, story? You obviously you're familiar with it. I assume. Yeah. I like the story. Uh, Can we pause for a second? All right. (laughs) All right. You reloaded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I like I like the format of the story, I guess. I guess I don't really remember any ones that are like for kids. I, I, is there a Scrooge McDuck one? Yeah, so that's Mickey's Christmas Carol. That's that's, uh, that's kind of the one I like remember as a kid. Yeah, that's the I think for kids, uh, people in our age range, because it was on every year. It was on. They aired it on, uh, I don't know, NBC or one of those channels. Yeah. So I used to remember that was like special event. Like I made sure that. I was going to stay up late that night to watch uh, yep. Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, so I had a piano teacher growing up, uh, took piano lessons, and this guy was obsessed, like obsessed with Charles Dickens. Um, yeah. Okay. So he so. was a collector. Now, so here's the strange thing, not to rabbit trail too much, but the strange thing about it, he was obsessed with Charles Dickens. And, like, he collected a lot of, like, rare, rare Dickens memorabilia. Yeah. But, like, he had a wife. He had a son. Mm-hmm. A little older than me. But, like, they were, like, not to judge, but they were very much not well-to-do. Okay. In, like, a shithole apartment in my town. Yet, he had, like, <laughs> very like lucrative Dickens memorabilia. He's like, just got like a first printing of Great Expectations. He had he had a lot of like old books, uh, but he also he had like this this Dickens bust, like this statue like of his head in his house. And dude, when I say this is like a tough apartment, like not that like Marlboro's super super bad, but like they, you know there's some little areas that are like eh, no, I I I don't want to live there, whatever. Lived in that little section and like in like the shittiest apartment in that section. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, so it wasn't like a well-to-do house. And he has like a family, and it's like he, but he does have for some reason somehow he has like this very like this Charles Dickens like bronze bust head just like in his living room. What and a weird. He had he had an original letter written by Charles Dickens to somebody else, and he had it like framed in the house. And he talked to everybody about it. Who came in the house. Jesus, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's very strange. Because Charles Dickens is not uh, to have a bust of Charles Dickens. It's not like somebody like Beethoven or somebody like you would you could like recognize them. I I, I I've been doing this is you know the twenty fifth one of these things I've watched. I have no idea what Charles Dickens looks like. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can tell you. But he was just obsessed with all things Dickens. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I, you know, I like the story, you know, the format, everything like that. Um, and, like, are you doing the Matthew McConaughey for, with anybody? What was that? The Ghost of, uh, Ghost of, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. No, that was on that was on lists of, uh, uh, of the best adaptations or – like kind of like the far out adaptations. Um, I didn't pick that because there were enough actual Christmas ones that I wanted to do. So the, yeah, okay. So they're taking the model, but it's not an actual Christmas one. I don't think it. I don't think it's a Christmas. Uh, I think they take the structure of the story. Yes, but it's not set at Christmas. Who uh, Who are you doing Scrooge with? Oh, that's uh, that's been out. That's Josh Gondelman did that one. Okay, cool, cool. Um. Yeah, we've done we've done a, a lot. Uh, 
we're on uh, as we record this. Fifteen episodes have come out. I'm, I thank you, Eric, for your listenership. I listen uh, to every one of them. I can't keep up. <laughs> um, yeah. it's uh, we watched uh, we watched today though. We we stumbled upon because I you you are and I'll I'll say this you are and everyone knows this um a little stinker and you like to razz me a little bit and when I announced I was doing this project you started giving me the business that I didn't ask you to be on here and so I said okay Eric what, do you want to do this and you turned down like four different ones and we sell on Bugs Bunny I don't remember that but um <laughs> so all right so do you want to get into it let's I mean let's get in we could talk about it in real time because this thing it was I an appreciative I do laud you for giving me a short one. That's that's clutch. I uh, yo poor Sam Mike. He's uh, he's got a three hour one that he's working through right now. What does he have to do? Oh, yeah, fair. Um, like my eight minutes is his three hours. You know what I mean? So this thing kicks off. Uh, it's 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 a it's a weird structure for a thing. So I tried to look up some information about this. This was a television special that aired in 1979. Yes, around Christmas. So um, real quick, right off that, doesn't it seem as if it was made well before 1979? So no, and I'll say this because I grew up pretty deep into Looney Tunes. My dad was huge into this stuff. So I can, I can, because I'm a fucking nerd, I can kind of identify roughly when the cartoons are from, because okay. you can see the style of animation change as like the technology advanced and the, and the way they filmed them evolved. This is in like a low period, in my opinion, because this is when they start like kind of streamlining the process. It's less, you know, one animator is doing most of the, the plotting and stuff. Yep. Um, so these to me look so shitty compared to what everybody would consider like classic Looney Tunes shorts. Yeah. Like they just, these just don't stand out. The animation on this is pretty, pretty, uh, in the heyday for that, you would probably say is what? 10 years later, late eighties. The heyday, the heyday. Oh, for in terms of low quality or in terms of when they good hit quality. their peak. Good quality. Uh, like, like good quality, you got to go back to like the like 50s, 60s. Okay. Okay. Uh, but like any of like the, you know, duck season, rabbit season, stuff like that, that's all from, you know, in the 60s, Chuck Jones stuff. You know, the classic Wiley Coyote, Roadrunner stuff. That's all earlier than this. Because okay. Looney Tunes cartoons used to show before movies when yes. like, you just go to the movie movies for the day. Yep. Uh, you know, you'd watch two movies and then you'd watch a bunch of cartoons in between. By this point, you know, everybody's got a TV in their house. This shit's kind of fallen off. So new Looney Tunes at this time is usually like a wraparound for showing the old cartoons that they used to show in the movies. Okay. They could package them and put them on TV that way. Um, when they create like new stories like this, Looney Tunes doesn't get back into like a good animation style until Space Jam. That's where it's like, that's the first thing. Yeah in a long time where they created it, where it was like, Oh, they put a lot of craft into this to make this look good as opposed to just like, Oh, we need to do like a cheap, uh, well, this one, Bugs Bunny, like the 1979 Bugs Bunny. He almost looks scary. Like he almost looks like he has rabies. Like his teeth are very, like there's just two lines down the middle of him. It looks, yeah, like it's just, impressive. it's, it's, it seems, it seems rushed. I think it just seems like uh, nobody cares. This was like, Anytime they do these TV cash in things, it's just like, oh, somebody's got the rights now and they're just trying to make a quick buck because yep. everybody loves Bugs Bunny and they know it and they'll they'll turn in for ratings and stuff. So I guess right off the bat, if you put a gun to my head in 1979 when this came out, let's say I was alive. I'm not sure who I would have thought would play the you know, the Scrooge character or whatever. Yeah. I certainly was not thinking it was gonna be Yosemite Sam. I would not have guessed it was going to be Yosemite Sam. I think out of left field. So there were, there were two when I was trying to, uh, cause, uh, Bugs Bunny always shows up on the list too. And there's, there's a, a movie that came out in 2006 called Bah Hum Duck. Okay. Where Daffy Duck is Scrooge, but it's like a full, like, I think it's like an hour and 15 minute long 
Okay. Like, and I have no interest. I just watched the Flintstones. I have no interest in watching another hour and 15 minute cartoon version of this. So this is like, mm, so sweet. We're in and out seven minutes. We're done with the Christmas Carol. They streamline. It's really, it's not even, there's no ghosts or anything. It's just Bugs Bunny is Yosemite Sam's an asshole and Bugs Bunny gets revenge by pretending to haunt him. Yeah. But well, uh, there's no ghost, but there is. Okay. So, what do you think about the fact that like high comedy back then, 60s, 70s, is just like, let's make this dumb pig stutter and have a speech impediment? That, oh. that is the height of their comedy. It's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> it is for Looney Tunes. I mean, every one of these characters has like kind of like an internal game. Porky Pig is always that he 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 stutters on a word and then he ends up saying a different word. Yeah. So he'll like stumble upon a word and then he says a just completely different word. That's always the fucking gag with them. Um Yeah, I mean, the Looney Tunes are notorious for if you start to pick it apart, it falls apart because they're either uh, you know, offensive to, you know, they're racist somehow or insensitive to uh different things it's it's you know it's just they're so straight like chaotic all the time that you know that it's a stuttering pig you go like well at least he's nice as opposed <laughs> to he could be he could be going around fucking everybody over or dropping anvils on their heads or <laughs> well, so then shotguns. i understand that you can only craft a story with the looney tunes characters that exist i get that but like also was not expecting like Porky Pig's like son to be a fucking bird. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> so we'll, let's, let's go through this. We'll go through this in like a kind of, uh, yeah, dude. So it, it, Yosemite Sam is Scrooge. He's sitting in there counting money. Porky Pig is Bob Cratchit and Bugs Bunny is just comes in has no business in the office. He's got no character name. His name is Bugs. He is Bugs Bunny in this. And he starts throwing Christmas wreaths around and saying Merry Christmas and he pisses off Scrooge who then fires Porky Pig who has to go home and then Bugs Bunny goes home with Porky Pig to eat dinner with the Cratchits and they introduce Porky Pig's wife who is a lady pig and they introduce his two oldest kids who are little kid pigs and then it's and it's then it's little yellow canary Tweety Bird who is Tiny Tim for no reason. Yeah. Um, adopted, I suppose. It's yeah, and uh, and I'll be honest with you. If you end up adopting a tiny Tim, God bless your heart. But I'm asking for my money back. You <laughs> I mean, you're not getting the return on investment on that kid. I'm a pig, and I have a fucking dumb pig wife, and they give me a bird for my kid. I'm asking for my money back. I'm surprised that they don't eat them. They don't put them on the table, and you know, because the scratches are always hungry. The pigs, they're not going to eat each other, but they are cooking a turkey and Tweety's just sitting there like, mmm, yum, yum. So, so then there's this thing with like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, like Looney Tunes, where it is like just so, so, so not age appropriate. Like there is a point in there where he's like, I'm going to take you to see the big, uh, the big man in the red suit. And he goes, Santa Claus? And he goes, no, no. Oh yeah, the other big man, the red suit, and then he just like points downward towards hell. <laughs> like, I think you need to keep in mind <laughs> that most people did not grow up in you know fundamental Christian households where the fear of Satan was uh, drilled into you from the moment you're born. We believe in hellfire, but we believe in Satan, man. It's just like. It, like I, I was like, you're a six year old watching that. Like I'm gonna take you to meet Satan. Like what the yeah. fuck? It's uh, it's dude. It's it, it, there's uh, you know the thing that stuck out to me is that is that what all Bugs Bunny wants to do is just carol with his friends, and he's got his you know the carolers, and the three characters that they choose to be the carolers are Peppy Le Pew, who is uh, notorious for being a kind of rapey skunk. Yep. Yep. Foghorn Leghorn, who is just a complete racist caricature of, you know, like a, a Southern uh, plantation owner. And then Elmer Fudd, who's this like 
violent gun nut that's constantly trying to kill Bugs Bunny with a shotgun. Who also looks almost identical to Porky Pig. Yes. Yeah. You take he doesn't have the stout nose, but he's still got the big bulbous light bulb head and yeah. it's just um yeah. So the fun thing about these kind of things, it's the Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol is this way too, is like it's fun to see how they use the cast of characters that they have at their disposal and to put them into, you know, the parts of a Christmas carol. So like you watch the uh, the Scrooge McDuck and Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio is the ghost of Christmas past and yeah. Pete the cat is the ghost of Christmas future and you got Donald Ducks in there and all these people, Mickey Mouse and stuff. Um, This is, this seems like they were like, they, they just went first draft. That's good enough. No time to edit. They almost like called up all the Looney Tunes and were like, hey, we're doing this thing tomorrow. Whoever can show up will fit you in. I mean, the Looney Tunes to me, it's like number one is Bugs Bunny. Number two is Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck, nowhere to be found in this thing. Yeah, he, he must have been. He couldn't come to an agreement. And I and I went, <laughs> I love the, the con- conceit that you're going to pretend that they're real people. Who, yeah. They like, went out for more money and they went with Yosemite Sam. He was available. Saturday, he had a conflict. I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, so Bugs Bunny breaks into his house and he puts on the chains and the ghost sheet and just scares Yosemite Sam into being, putting on a Santa suit and handing out presents and giving out money. It's, it's the loosest Christmas Carol I've ever seen. They got through it all quick though in like eight minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they just uh, not a lot of jokes either. Too. This is not one of the funnier Looney Tunes cartoons that I've seen. Um, and then I went and watched the rest of the uh, the special. And the next thing is a it's a Roadrunner Wiley Coyote cartoon that has snow, kind of. Like, that's the thing. There's no Christmas. There's no any Christmas-related material. They just put this snow Roadrunner cartoon in. And then the last thing is is the Tasmanian devil accidentally gets delivered to somebody for Christmas, and then he puts on a Santa suit for some reason. I was... This was like a real... <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about... My dad went and bought a bunch of, uh, like, digital versions of old Looney Tunes movies, and I've been thinking about going through them, and now I'm like... Ah, I don't know if I want to revisit this stuff because what if it sucks ass? Yeah. What if my whole childhood has been a fraud? Yeah, most childhoods do come out to be frauds with things you liked and watched. Thanks again to Eric Taylor. Make sure you follow him on Twitter and Instagram and all the places at Eric is not funny. Those are his words, not mine. Eric is not funny. Eric Taylor, one of the best. Tomorrow on the program, oh boy, oh boy, be still my heart, we have the great Kelly McFarlane dropping in to discuss an episode of Family Ties from Season 2 called A Keaton Family Christmas Carol. It is very fun. It was a great chat, and I think you guys are going to enjoy that. So come back tomorrow. It's me, Kelly McFarland, talking Family Ties, Michael J. Fox, Tina Yothers, Justine Bateman, Michael Gross, and God, Meredith Baxter Bernie. It gets steamy. We'll see you in 24 hours.